Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. It's great to have uh, Greg and Julie French with us and uh, they have been uh, long-term friends of this church uh, way before Deb and I were here, uh, going back 20 plus years I think you've been coming to to this church. But uh, Greg and I now are working closely together in C3 Australia and uh, learning a lot from from his wisdom and uh, his psych background comes very handy dealing with me. Uh, So, uh, but... uh, you know, the, Greg is, uh, and Julia are the relational glue that hold much of C3 together in Australia. And so uh, it's, uh, it's just a privilege to learn and walk alongside Greg. So will you stand and welcome Greg as he comes to minister this morning? Beautiful. Thank you, Pastor Steve. What great... Grab a seat, guys. I don't want you standing up all day. What great pastors you have, can I say? Yeah, come on. I mean, like I like Steve. He's my traveling companion in life. And Deb too, sorry. And also, and I'm not going to miss out the opportunity. Anyway, just, just got a little bit excited there for a brief moment. Um, but again, you know, it's great doing the journey with, with people. That's why we gather on Sunday, because we're doing a journey together. And I always love that scripture in Hebrews, which says like, don't ever forsake gathering together as some get in the habit of. Life's a habit. Life's a habit. Coming to church is a habit. You might go, oh, you know those Sunday mornings when you think, oh, I'd just love to read the Sunday Telegraph and drink a cup of coffee? Do that after church. Because the reality is you can get into habits very easily. And one thing I've admired with Steve and Deb, it's not because they have good habits or bad habits. I've learned a lot about Steve's bad habits over the years. Um, Deb's and quite angelic. But in there, the reality is that we all have a lifestyle in which we create a habit. But habits actually, good habits produce good results. And what, what I love about just knowing these two as a couple is that the habit of faithfulness is part of their character and part of who they are. Their appreciation for people is phenomenal. And in all of that, I want to say to you that you couldn't get better pastors, better leaders of a great church. This is a great church you're in, but you have got some of the best in C3 and probably beyond. So let's honor them and just say thank you for doing what they do in loving the house, loving the people, loving our movement. Crumbs, I don't know how they do it all, but the reality is that you have some of the best. And I'm, I'm asked regularly, you know, like, what can we do for our pastors? Well, you can do lots of things, probably do a lot more than you probably think of doing. Always bless them, give them a bit of cash on the side, then go out and have a dinner. Why not? But one of the best things you can actually do is actually pray for them. Always think, oh, they're the pastors. They'll be okay. No, they're people. They're human beings going through the same sort of stuff that you've been through. They've developed some incredibly good habits in their life. But the reality is those ha- habits... Again, get challenged, the good habits. But again, it's the prayer support of those that stand with them, believe with them, and actually hold a position of prayer for them that sometimes gets them through those challenging moments. Never underestimate the power of your prayers for those that are, again, leading, showing the way. And what a phenomenal team. I had the opportunity of spending a lot of time with the team yesterday. Put your hands together for a great team. Really, you do have, this is a great church. 
I mean, I'd like to be a member of this church. You've never invited us, but anyway, that's okay. So I can read between the lines of like, that's great, Greg. Let's move on to the next subject. But this uh, series, and like this year, I, I guess, you know, I felt in the Lord, like very much so. I was like, it's a bit of a year of faith. This is our last year of uh, global presence. It'll be a wonderful experience of traveling to various locations around the world. So presence is going to be in 20 locations around the world as of 220. Um, and in there, if you, you think about the history of that, changes, things change. It says in, you can read through the Gospels, you look in, it talks of, um, all of the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, verse, chapters 13 and 14, talks about the gifts of the Spirit. But one thing that's unchangeable, which we always have to remember, one of the most powerful positions of an unchangeable God is His intention and purpose. And in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, it says that it talks of all the gifts, all these amazing gifts that we so desire and we, we use and need to build one another, encourage one another, to reach one another, to help one another. But ultimately, they said, there's only three which ultimately remain. And that is faith, hope, and love. I want to say today that you have a, a series which is about hope. And as I said to you, really on my heart for this year, the whole impression of God wants us to up the ante of our faith. Build that faith back into everything we do and everything we believe. And so often we use our faith when we hit a crisis. But faith isn't just to meet crisis in our life. It's a lifestyle. It's something we develop in our world and our life. I'm feeling this. You can sit down. Look, have a break. You're doing such a good job there. You, I could actually feel like I'm just going to go into a little bit of jazz. <laughs> do a little bit of song in the background. It could distract me from my music. So have a break. Sit down. But tonight, make sure there's someone keys. Tonight's just flowy night. And tonight I'll release my new album, by the way. <laughs> so that I drop that in. If you've never seen me before, met me before, I am me. God said that himself. I am who I am. Well, I can say that, not saying that I'm God, by the way. But I'm saying you need to know who you are and enjoy who you are. And you hear me every time I come here. Your value is great if you accept who you are and stop making excuses of who you're not. The reality is God made you the way you are. Now you just have to improve your position. And here today, I want to talk about improving your personal position in life because we hold on to the values, the three values. And again, that value of faith. And faith is like, this is the position, the belief in which I stand. That I stand in faith. I look through the eyes of hope at the possibility of what is. And the ultimate possibility is the purpose of God. And the purpose of God is simply this, for God so loved the world that he gave. All I'm saying in this series, which I love when, when Pastor Steve and Deb told me it's about hope, I thought in to start the series, and as I've said, I preach this message in different forms and manner because it's been something on my heart for this year. And it's basically we have to ignite the fire and the flame of faith again in our spirit. You know, we can get into a habit which is great to have in our life to keep us on track, to keep us on time, to keep producing the fruitfulness in our life. But the reality is we need a strength and a strong position of faith in our life to actually, again, stand against when the challenging moments come. And there's a story which I'll go into a moment, but 
I love this scripture which comes out of Hebrews 1, uh, it's chapter 11, verse 1, which says, Now faith is confidence in what we are hoping for and have the full assurance about what we do not see. It is standing and going, I'm believing, now I'm choosing to lift up my vision and see through the eyes of hope the possibility. And today I'd love you to actually embrace the possibility of what is before you. And again, I've always had this image over the years of like, we have the, the wonderful moment that when we're on a clear sunny day, we can stand towards the sun and see the possibility. But you must be facing the sun to see the future. You can turn your back on the sun and all you'll see is the past and the shadow of your life cast upon the ground. And can I tell you, we'll get consumed with the casting of the shadows of the shadows of our life, of the disappointments, because we turn our back on Christ. Turn our back towards him, to what he has done, that we see the purpose and the intention. Because we turn this, we suddenly start to navel gaze. We, and when you start to look down, all you do is seeing your shadows, your faults and your failures. Turn towards the, the Son of God and see the possibility, not the shadows of the past. And see the possibility of what could be. Lift up your eyes when Jesus said in John, lift up your eyes and see that the harvest field. Another translation says, open your eyes. And today I want an opening and a lifting in your spirit. And at the close of this service, I want us to stand and go, you know what? I'm going to pick up again. I'm going to stand in a position of believing again and have that faith and go, you know what? I'm going to believe again for that area in my life, from the finances in my life, from that healing in my life, for that miracle in my life, whatever it may be, I want you to stand and embrace it again. And it will take time and energy and effort. I was here about a month ago, I know. A little bit too frequent for some of you, but I was here a month ago. And back again this afternoon. Crumbs, what's going on here? An overdose of the Frenchers. And can I just say, like, you know, Julie's story about how we started and where we were and all the rest of it. You can't do life alone. You know, the wonderful thing in life, and whether you're single or married, but the beauty of married life is actually you have someone who... Julie is my greatest support and belief system in me. I know Jesus believes in me, but sometimes when I'm not feeling that personal belief, guess what? She is. She says, that's great. I'm going, no, I wasn't. Yeah, well, it's good. Well, okay. You think so? No, I wasn't. Yes, yeah, was. Oh, okay. I'm feeling good now. <laughs> but the reality is our partnership of each other is one of the things in life. Whether you're a communicator, not a communicator, whether, you, whether you're, you're a doer or whatever you are in life, the, the reality is we need one another and the most wonderful position in life if, and it doesn't mean that married life is the supreme life, by the way, but married life is a means and form of actually bonding together, holding together, having faith together. Julie had to give up a lifestyle because some young now believer is hearing from God. Back to Sydney. What? We just left there. Have you ever had one of those moments going back and going back to like, we can't make it. But the reality is, God said, yes, you can. I'm like, a parachutist, if there's such a word. Someone who jumps out of the plane, I'm assuming there is, jumps out of there. And you know what? If I was put on a plane, I'd get excited in the moment, jump out and go, oh, wait a minute, do I have a parachute? But I'd be asking that question on the way down instead of behind me before I jumped. 
that if you're in partnership on the ground when, before you get to the heights of opportunity, make sure you've strapped on your partner in life with you to travel through because they could be the thing that keeps you on target and alive. And I thank God for my wife that actually cheers the parachute when sometimes I go, let's do it. Whoops. Oh, she's there. Thank the Lord for that. Boom, we're safe. But that's how you do life together. But it's because you do it in faith together, you hold hope before you and you never lose sight of the purpose, which is the love, not just for your own life and family, but for those in which you have embraced the relationship together. And that is the community of the house of God reaching beyond the walls of the house. But it starts in faith. Our walk in God starts in faith. Our relationship with God starts by an act of faith. It starts, a, I'm going to believe that God is. You read through Hebrews 11, you see all. It starts with that they believed. Those are all the great champions of the Bible. But faith is an important part to play in our life in which we must embrace. 2 Timothy 1 verse 5 and 6 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. I love that word sincere because it actually says your active faith. We can talk faith, but is your faith active? Can I ask you that today? What about you? Is your faith active? Or do you talk about faith, but never apply faith? As I say, we want to move mountains in our life when we haven't learned to move molehills. And you can't move a mountain if you haven't learned the art, the skill, the consistency, the habit of speaking faith into the small areas of your life to release God. Because when the mountain comes, I don't think you'll ever be able to move a mountain, a major issue in your life without having learned the art, the ability, the skill, the habit of believing that God can. It happens because we are constantly living and out, working our life, faith. I am reminded of your sincere faith, your active faith, which first dwelt in your grandmother and also your mother Lois. Oh, sorry, in Lois, your grandmother and your mother Eunice. And I am convinced that it is in you as well. Why does Paul say that? He's reminding Timothy, hey, Tim, I've seen it in your grandmother. What a woman of God. I've seen it in your mother. What a woman of God. And I also see it in you. Really? I'm today just doing a, I'm just reminding you. I'm here today, as Paul says, I'm reminding you. Why does Paul constantly, in the word of God, say, I bring to your remembrance. I remind you. I bring to your attention. Why? Because we easily forget. You, most men will remember this. Some ladies have never heard this. I remind you. And you'll probably be able to use this a little bit later. But most men, most men, not some, some are a little bit better than others. For myself, like I'm one of those guys, you're, you're around and, and if I'm doing something or watching something and Julie is talking to me at the same time, if I vacillate, I hear nothing from anybody. So I've got to focus on one thing. Am I watching the television? Am I doing something on my computer or am I listening to my wife? Now, Julie can do all things. She's like the Messiah himself. All things are possible because she can multitask. I cannot. Some guys can. Pastor Steve can do most things. Here, that's not to say you're feminine, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, that's not my point of reference. Some guys' minds are able to go between the different spheres, the lobes of your brain. I can't. I'm stuck in the right. 
I'd love to visit the left occasionally, but don't have time to get there because I'm jumping out of planes with no parachute. But a lot of us in life get stuck because we have lost sight of the importance of the value of we need to hold our position of faith. And again, we need to speak. And I'm reminding you, Paul is reminding you, and men need to be reminded how many times before they get it? 35. <laughs> what? Women, six. But you know what, guys? Ladies, just go, yes, that's really good. Get lost in a brief moment of time. Hey, guys, I've learned over the years when Julie says to me, I can't believe that you haven't got that yet. And I go, no problem, 29. Six more, then I'll get it. You see, I'm giving you permission to keep doing the same dumb stuff you've been doing for how many years now? It takes a little longer for guys to get it. Paul is talking to a man, not a woman. Timothy, you've been so focused in doing a great job, but I remind you, that's not about doing a great job. It's holding your position of faith. What are you believing in? Hold that position. And here he goes on and says, I am convinced it's in you as well. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For it is by the grace that you have been saved. It is by that wonderful gift, that wonderful opportunity that the Lord has given to us, that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God. Faith is a gift. I'm not talking about the gift of faith. I'm just talking about faith. Here it's like that wonderful gift of faith that you've had, that Jesus offers you, that you've acknowledged and accepted by faith. And that started the incredible journey, your Christian walk with Christ. It all starts in faith. But in that, I love this scripture, it's a gift. Who here has ever received a gift at Christmas time that you thought, oh, it's a little ordinary. Thank you very much, but what is that? Am I the only person that's ever received anything like that? Oh, thank you very much, there's a few others. But you know, you get those gifts that you never really, really want you know, from really nice people. Julie's never done that, of course. Really nice people. And I remember faithfully every year we'd go to my dad's place and every year my father was incredibly, he was a man of habit, great habit, incredible habit. And faithfully every year in that same habit, and the kids used to laugh about this, about what grandpa's going to be given to dad. Because every year we'd rock up, dad'd go, hey son, how are you? Not too bad, and... A little bit of tap on the back and a bit of a handshake. Where did we go from that? Oh, we simply went to like, here's a little something for you. What was that little something? A bottle of whiskey. I don't drink whiskey. <laughs> Never drank whiskey my whole life. Don't, I don't like it. I drank a bit of bourbon and all this, but not really whiskey. Whiskey, no, no, didn't like it. No, don't like it. And every year, my, faithfully, my father faithfully, faithfully, what a faithful man, committed, have it, had it nailed. Here's a little something for you. And every year, I'd faithfully say, thanks, Dad, but I don't drink whiskey. And he goes, I must remember that. What's my point? My point is simply this. God is not in the business of giving you something you don't want. He's in the business of giving something that will help you move. I don't think a bottle of whiskey was going to help me if I drank it that day. God will give me something that will improve my position, to hold my position, to lift up my eyes, to have the hope to see, to believe that I will see the fulfillment of the purpose of the things that I've been believing for. It is the essence of what we are believing and holding on to. A credible story, which comes from Mark 5, verse 21 through to 42. I won't read it out because of time, but it's an important story because it is an amazing story of a, a gentleman in life 
by the name of Jairus. And it's fascinating in the Bible, incredible depth of how things are intertwined in, in relationships and stories and names, and they all have some form of meaning. And I, the thing that I, I, I caught when I read this story was that here, Jairus's name means God enlightens, God opens the eyes, God shows the way forward. Love that. His name's Jairus. He had the name before anything came into play or position of need came into his life. But here we have a man by the name of Jairus, a well-respected individual in society, a leader in the synagogue. Financially, everything was in place. A leader, a voice in the community, well-respected by everybody. In this story, a man of great influence. On the other hand, here is a woman, a woman who has known about Christ, but here is a woman who has, and she is referred to the woman of, with an issue of blood, here is a woman who possibly had everything, but had lost everything. It says for 12 years she spent money trying to find a cure because she had an issue where she would bleed, constantly bleed. Her life, the blood life was drained from her. There was no hope, there was no future. Even life itself was draining from her. For 12 years she spent everything she had trying to find a remedy and basically had left her destitute. And also to understand by culture, if you had any, any, any fluid coming from your body in any form, you had to be isolated and removed from society because you were unclean. You couldn't hang out with your friends because you were unclean. So she lived a life where she had community, but then she lost community because of something happened. And for 12 years, she was isolated. Here in this story, we have one man well-respected. Everyone loved hanging around and being with him and his family. Another woman who had been isolated and removed from life. Incredible. The young, the need of Jairus was that his 12-year-old daughter had, was on the edge of death. She was 12 years of age. The woman with the issue of blood, incredible, with the issue of blood, had had the condition 12 years. When she started to have this problem, a life came into the world. And when this problem started, was at a moment where life was being taken out of the world. 12. Fascinating. Everything in the Bible has a meaning sometimes we skip over because we're in such a hurry to get to the next chapter, which is exciting. But here's in probably one of the most incredible stories. Why? Number one, even the, the number 12 is significant in the Bible if you read it. The 12 tribes of the 12 sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 disciples. Everything has a meaning in the Bible. It's just not numbers and, and things and events. It has a meaning. And 12 in itself means the perfect number. And it means the completeness of God's governance and power ultimately leading to great expression of faith. And guess what? It's given to every single one of us. The means of salvation is by faith. The means of moving the mountains is by faith. No other means. All the gifts come to nothing. Read it. It says it in 1 Corinthians 13. Everything else will go, but faith, hope, and love remain. The power and the position of faith is phenomenal. Twelve. Years of suffering, 12, age 12 of life, now losing life. Governmental position, that's a time for faith. That's a time to lift up your eyes and put hope into action, to see the possibility of the purpose and the love of God in action. 
Here, we see a gentleman with a great need. It says in Jairus, a, a synagogue ruler, and where people would fall at his feet because of his position, he goes, my need is far greater than my acceptance by community. And he falls at the feet of Jesus. Falling at the feet of Jesus is a plea of help. I don't know where you are in life today, but maybe there are situations in your life that you are needing some answers. Can I tell you? Holding a position of pride, oh, yeah. that's not faith, that's pride. Yeah I, yeah, I can do it. You see, sometimes we don't acknowledge our position of need in our life. And sometimes that can keep us away from the possibility of what God could do in our life. Why? Because ah, I'll get through. I heard it somewhere recently, but the reality is so often as we, as in men and women in life, we hold to our position of pride and we pride ourselves that we don't bow down to the situation, but we never remedy the situation. The fact is faith holds your position. It puts you in a position of righteousness, but it also empowers you to produce the result you need to get through that situation. Don't hold you. Don't be held by pride. People go, oh, that Christianity stuff. What has it ever done for me? Well, I used to say that until Jesus invaded my world. At that moment, rocked my socks off and changed my life. But there was still a moment. He can shake every part of your life to get your attention, but it's still an act of faith to say, Jesus, come into my world. I hope today, I don't know where you are in that relationship, but I hope today possibly that you could take that step of faith and maybe step over that line, which maybe has held you back. Ah, I can do it. Don't let pride stand in the way of a relationship, the greatest relationship on this planet. Faith is the position in which Jairus throws himself at the feet of Jesus. And again, here is this woman, defies, I shouldn't be near people, but my need is so great. I shouldn't be around people, but my need is great. I'm going to touch his garment. My first point is simply this. Jairus came to Jesus with a need. The woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus with a need. They both came and did one thing. And to get your eyes lifted up to start to have the hope, opening your eyes with the eyes of hope to see the possibility. It takes one act and it starts in the position of believing that God is, but it is a position of declaration. Faith declarations. What's yours? You see, Jairus says, Jesus, please come with me. My little girl, she, and if you will just, he doesn't go into a huge dialogue of the issue. He said, but if you come, she will get healed. The woman with the issue of blood ignores the religious circumstances, pushes through. If I just touch him, I will. There's the declaration. The declaration, I will. That's your decision, not God's. It's not your decision. Sorry, it's not God's decision. It's yours. What are you saying? I will be healed. I will. My circumstances shall change. My body, my finances, my relationships, they shall change. But so often time just travels along. 12 years of this, 12 years of that, 12 years of nothing, trying, nothing changes. Let's change it today by being a church that C3 Monash is known for and recognized as not just a place where we gather, we're in the habit of. Great. I love that. Standing, going through a process, but now go, you know what? I'm not putting up with this any longer. Things will change. Why? Because you are standing upon what you ultimately believe in. And that is what? I believe that God can. 
Everything's going to be okay. We have to change our dialogue. What's your di dialogue? Your declaration. I will be healed. Things will change. Jairus says, if you come, she will be healed. It starts with the declaration of faith. Our faith has a declaration. At the end, what's yours? We'll all stand, and I want you to take that position and go, you know what? I'm going to believe God can. And I'm going to pick up that thing again. I know it's been a few years. I know. I know. Why don't you pick it up again? Wouldn't it be a sad day to get to heaven and you get up there and God goes, hey, so good to see you, Greg. Wasn't sure you're going to get here. Neither was I there for a moment. You arrive and as you get there and he goes, man, so good. So is there anything you want to ask me? Ho, ho. How long have you got? Oh, eternity. Okay, not a problem. Sit down. Here we go. First one, you know that thing I was believing for? You know that issue in my life? He said, yeah, man. And let me tell you, when you started praying for that, man, you were hot to trot on that. Man, you man, smashed it. Yeah, well, <laughs> a little bit more. I know we've got eternity. Can you add a little bit more color to understanding of what happened? Didn't happen. He said, oh, no, you, you prayed 139 times. I go, did I? Well, that was a lot. Didn't realize I prayed that much, actually. And he goes, yeah, 141. You mean I missed it by two prayers? Wouldn't that be a sad day? That you just didn't push on because you were measuring because time did its work, which wore you down from believing and holding your position of faith. Don't let time, 12 years, it may be completeness, governmental position of faith, but don't let time wear down your position of like, I'm believing for this. Things will change in Jesus' name. They push through. She reaches out. He says, if you'll just come, if you'll just lay hands on her, she will get healed. The woman says, if I just touch his garment, his cloak, I will get healed. I love this. Jairus is saying, if you come and lay hands, she will. And so often, I just want to bring to your attention, it's not always one method that God uses to bring the healing, the power of God, the miracle of God, the change of God in your world. Here, we get so used to, Pastor Steve and Deb, come and lay hands on us. They can. Things can happen. But there's an incredible group of leaders in this church who, guess who stepped into their life? Jesus. Who stepped into Pastor Steve and Deb's life? Jesus. But can I ask you, who stepped into your life when you asked Jesus into your life? You have everything you need, and you don't need everybody else sometimes to be laying hands upon you. It's one method. One method. Sometimes we're waiting for that great evangelist who comes through in 2029. 10 years time. You could be dead before they arrive. The fact is, why don't you ignite your faith today, fan into flame that faith, instead of waiting on someone else to come and release the faith to see what happens. Believe again. Hope is released when faith stands and says it will happen. I believe. The woman approaches it differently. This is what I say. I love this. She reaches down and says, I will be healed if I just touch his cloak. She doesn't need Jesus to lay hands on him. She doesn't even need to be touched by Jesus. I love this. She says, if I touch his, his cloak, his garment. And that word for cloak or garment in the translation in the Greek and in various forms, but it simply says, if I just touch his covering, if I just touch his presence. Fascinating. Not touching him, touching his presence. We got a great conference. And it's not just a conference, 
You can be touched. What about if I'm not called out? There's so many people. Lift up your hands and get touched. Okay, but let's not just go to presence. What about church on Sunday? What about in the worship? What about tonight in the worship? Instead of going, oh, I need a word. Lay hands on me, pastor, pastor. I go, no, I'm not doing that. I'd love to. For some of you, I may. What about if you don't get a word? That's okay. Don't you go, I'm going to reach out and worship. Jesus, I'm healed. Because Jesus says to the woman, according to your faith, not my faith, according to your faith, that it be done unto you. Igniting your faith to release your miracle, your healing, your financial issue, your relational breakdown, recovery, and reconciliation. It's because you're activating your faith. It starts with a declaration, but then it is a determined position of, I'm believing, I'm going to touch, yes, in Jesus' name. The third thing which I love, it's the, the push of faith. And again, I don't know anywhere, I can't even think in our journey where we haven't had to push, push, push. I just love handout, handout. But I found in Christianity, there's no such thing as a handout. It may occur once or twice for some lucky people. Never felt it ourselves, seen it ourselves. The fact is, it's a push because everything in your world get tested so that your faith will stand strong irrespective of your circumstance. Are you willing to push through that time frame? The woman had pushed through looking for an answer. She was pushing, but she was pushing from help from this source. But when that source ran out, she goes, I have one left. Isn't it funny that we leave... Jesus at the end, we have to reintroduce him back into our thinking to be the first point of call, not the last point of call. I'm not being dismissive of the medical field by any means. God can use the amazing, miraculous hands of a, of a surgeon, of a physician, of whatever. He can use that. Don't limit God by leaving it one. I'm trying all, but I'm not leaving faith out of that. Faith is my first port of call, not my last port of call. She pushes through. She goes against religion. What's religion saying? You shouldn't be with us. Go back to your, go back. She pushes against religion. She pushes against the religious thinking. Your religious thinking can sometimes interfere with your faith of touching God. Why? Your tradition speaks louder than God himself. Oh, we, well, what's happening here? I mean, Pastor Steve shouldn't be getting up there now. He should be. No, no, we need another worship song. That's your tradition. We have more tradition in Pentecost than they do in the High uh, Church of England or the Roman Catholic Church. We have more tradition. So let us not pride ourselves on. The fact is, don't let tradition interfere giving God space in a service in your life, when you're praying, when you're believing, when you're holding a position and saying, my God can, my God can. She pushes through religion. She pushes through, again, her own mindset. She said, if... No, I shouldn't be here. She's breaking tradition because, number one, she shouldn't be with other people. Number two, she shouldn't be around and even approaching a man alone as a woman. Culturally, it's not correct. Again, our own position, not just religion, but our own culture can keep at, at a distance. What's our culture? Our upbringing. Our upbringing say, oh, I shouldn't be. I don't deserve that. Who am I? Jesus went to the cross for you. If you're the only person on the planet, he went for the cross for you. Not everybody else, you. I'm not worthy. There's a problem. Again, your upbringing, your culture, upbringing has kept you at a distance where you go, I'm valuable. I'm valuable. Jesus went to the cross for me. She pushed through everything. Jairus does the push because he pushes against what? 
while he's on his way, I love this, not much is mentioned. Jesus, as soon as Jairus says, come, Jesus goes, yep, I'm on my way. Understand, as soon as you ask, Jesus is moving to your position of faith, of miracle, of outworking, of result. As soon as you pray, he's on his way. Now you've got to weather the storm of time. Jairus goes, yes, she's coming, yes, yes, hope. But as he's going, he gets distracted with this woman. Time. What? She's not dead. My daughter's almost dead. No, he doesn't say anything. He holds his position of faith. Whilst he is there, while Jesus is attending to this woman, he's standing. Some people from his home come. Oh, look, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter's died. He doesn't say anything. What's he doing? Holding his position of faith. There's no life. Why bother? No, he didn't give up. Just imagine yourself broken. She's died. But for some reason he goes, Jesus is still. And he said, I will go with you. And I have to go back to what he said to me before. Even though there is no hope in the natural to push on. People are telling me, don't bother the teacher. And Jesus will always do a little reassuring moment. It'll be okay. I'll come in. He walks. Jairus doesn't say anything. He had to hold his position of believing that God would. He arrives there, and this is what I love about this story. I'll draw to a close on this. I love about that story. He arrives, and as he arrives, he's all, and unfortunately, we can do this in church. He arrives, and what happens? What happens? What happens? All the people, the families were there, and they were crying out, and they were wailing, and tears, and everything, because his daughter had died. They were doing the right thing, in which they should do. Feeling the pain and the sorrow of someone where there has been loss. He arrives, and as he arrives, he comes up to the mother. He feels the pain of seeing the mother. Then Jairus is still holding his position, embraces his wife. Jesus said, Mom and Dad, Simon, Peter, John. Sorry, Peter, John, James, come with me. Why did Jesus do that? And he says he goes in the room and closes the door. Why does he do that? You see, because as soon as Jesus said, no, she'll live, everybody laughed. You see, sometimes in church, we can laugh at the possibility of what other people are believing. Oh, how could they? Look at them, how long have they been believing? Oh, gosh. Gee, I wouldn't last that long. Unfortunately, that's our problem. It's because we don't keep standing and believing that God can. And when we move away from our foundational position, it is foundational faith, hope, and love that releases a possibility. Not the gift of healing, not the gift of prophecy, not the gift of. No, it's a foundational truth. Walks into the room. Jesus says, close the door. Sometimes you have to close the door on the voices, which may mock and laugh at your position of belief. But make sure you get the right people in the room. I'm pretty sure Jesus would have gone, Peter, John, James, don't let me down. It's been a long time. Don't let me down now, boys. But he draws in people of like-mindedness. Can I tell you, you have some of the best like-minded, faith-filled people, pastors you have in this church and team in this church. They will stand with you and believe with you for that which you're believing. There are people in this congregation who will stand and do the journey with you. They're not always in the front row. They could be at the back row believing and standing with you. Don't underestimate the person who's sitting alongside you here today. We know the story. Jesus heals the little girl. She stands up. 
But I flip back to the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus' final word as she he heals her. There's the addition of faith for her. She comes to get healed, but then she gets this incredible peace. Can I tell you, when you come for one thing with God, he'll probably give you something else as well, a little extra. It's like icing on the cake. Love that. The woman, he goes, dear woman, we haven't met because I haven't seen your face. You approached me, but your faith healed you. I'm just now telling you what you have already activated. And you activated your faith by believing that I can. Even not having the face-to-face contact, not even having the ha- my hands laid upon you, but your belief that if you just touch me, some form, I will get healed. What about you today? What about every single one of you here today? Can I challenge you in this area of faith? Can I say you've got a month of speaking about bringing life through hope, but hope does not have life unless it is standing in a position of faith to believe, which then lifts the eyes of hope, which then opens the eyes of hope, which then sees the possibility of what is. It starts with faith. Why don't we close our eyes? Drawing this service to a close. And I want to ask every person in this place here this morning, I don't know where you are in your relationship with Jesus. I have no idea. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you, if you'd like to get connected with Jesus, to lift your hand, not to me, but to lift your hand to him. And then all of us will pray a prayer as well and agreeing, just reconfirming our position of our relationship with him. But if you've never asked Jesus to step into your life, or maybe you have, and for whatever reason, you've stepped away, your situation or circumstance in that relationship with him. Time has done its work has separated you in that relationship. Why don't you step back into that position of reestablishing that relationship? So if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, or if you have and you've stepped away, I want you right now just to lift your hand up and say, Pastor Greg, that's me. Just lift your hand up and say, I just want to reconnect. I want to get connected with Jesus that way here today. If that is you, just please raise your hand and say, Pastor Greg, that is me. I want to get my life in a position of correctness with God who has given everything here today. I'm not going to delay this, but the reality is I will do this in every service. Why? Because it is the purpose of faith, hope, and love. And love is for God so loved the world that He gave His Son that we could respond and say yes. Anybody at all, just raise your hand and I'll draw it to a close. Thank you very much, madam. Thank you. There's just one other person here wondering whether you should. That wonder should never be a wonder. It should be in a position of assurance like, yep, I know him. That is your decision. With every eye closed, just that lady who raised her hand, just look at me for a brief moment. I just want to say he saw your hand to reassure you of that position. And we're all going to pray that prayer at the close of this service. And in doing that, it will realign correctly that relationship the way you know and go, you know what? Everything's okay. I'm okay. Amen. Can we all stand? Also, at the end of the service too, someone may just come and give you a Bible and have a chat with you. But can we all pray this prayer with that lady? But let's all pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I give you my life so that I may be known by you. And today, Lord, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. 
and I am forgiven. I am made whole in Jesus' name. One more minute. Close with this. Maybe as I've been talking, you've been thinking, you know what, I, I was believing about that, but as you said, Pastor Greg, maybe I have prayed 139 times and maybe I have put that down. Maybe there's something you need to pick up here today that you need to believe for again. I don't know. Only <laughs> you know that. But Jesus knows. He knows what you have been believing for, yet you have not seen. Are you willing to stand in that position? But it's painful to keep believing. Yeah, I know. Imagine Jairus. When he heard, your daughter's died. The pain he would have felt, the grief at that moment. Yet, he did not walk away from Jesus because of all reports were negative. He goes, no, Jesus said he would. And I'm going to believe he shall. What about you? Is there something you have been believing for yet you have not seen? I just want every person here right now to think about that. And if there's an area in your life you need to pick up again and start believing, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just believe God. Don't miss an opportunity by saying, you know what? Raise your hand. Yep, that's me. Action. Sincere faith. Action. And let me pray this prayer and we'll draw it to a close. It's not because I touch you. It's because you choose to touch Him by that faith, by that action, by reaching out. And Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray here this morning. Every single one of us, Lord, can look to the future, but without the position of faith and without our eyes being opened through hope, we cannot believe the outcome. But today, we stand, I include myself to believe in Jesus' mighty name that my God can. And today, I pick up that faith. I pick up that prayer. I pick up that desire, that hope. And in Jesus' mighty name, I pray for every single person, for this house, in Jesus' mighty name, that we ignite the fire of faith within us and everything we are standing for and believing shall come to pass in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's put our hands together and thank the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.